Hey guys, and Merry Early Christmas. Um, This is Tiffany Cater, and you are listening to The Brazen Truth, the podcast where we talk about morality, sexuality, and spirituality according to the Bible. Today, we are going to be talking about the three wise men. So, um, why why do I want to talk about this? What does this have to do with sexuality, morality, uh, etc.? Well, I'll tell you... um, I had some really good questions about the three wise men, uh, and it wasn't even Christmas time when I, when I was wondering about this. But since it's Christmas time now, I'll let you guys in on just some of the stuff that goes on in my head, which can be pretty weird sometimes. In case you guys haven't uh, figured that out by now, but um, my so I, this podcast episode is going to be more about questions, uh, more so than me teaching you stuff, which I don't really normally teach you guys things anyways, but it's going to be a lot of questions, okay? Maybe more questions than answers. Um, But the three questions I wanted to focus on, and in regards to the three wise men, right? The three wise men who brought Jesus gifts um, in, you know, your your typical nativity story from the Bible. Um, So the, the three questions are, were the wise men astrologers? That, that might be a pretty taboo question for most of you guys, especially if you're churched, if you were raised in church. Yeah, so we're going we're gonna to ask that question because, you know, the three wise men, they, they followed the star. That's that's in the heavens. That's, you know, telling them where Jesus was. That, that sounds like it may be astrology related. So I'm going to bring up the question. Uh, the second question is, is astrology real? Okay, is astrology real? Now we know it's a real, obviously it's a real thing that people believe and people practice, but is there any um, truth to it? Is there any truth to it? The third question is, is astrology bad? Is astrology bad? Okay, so a lot of people, you know, they know their signs. I don't even know what my sign is, guys. I really don't. Um, but they know their sign. They read their horoscope or whatever it is. Some of you some of you guys do it religiously, like every single day. Like, should I go to Starbucks today? I don't know. Let me see what my horoscope says. Yeah, so we're going we're gonna to look into that. Some people think it's like, you know, the same as a fortune cookie. It's harmless. But... Um, you know, let's let's open up the conversation uh, and talk about that a little bit. So thank you guys all for tuning in on uh, the week before Christmas, and uh, let's get let's get started with this one, huh? So I wanted to start with Matthew versus, uh, I wanted to start with the basic um, backdrop behind the three wise men, uh, what the Bible actually says about them. Because some of the things we just assume, some of the things, uh, you know, Christians have added uh, since since uh, this happened, uh, and it's not biblical. Uh, but let, let's just read what the Bible actually says about these three wise men. Matthew 2 1 through 13. Okay, bear with me. These are several verses, but bear with me. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, 
in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all of Jerusalem with him, and assembled all the chief priests and scribes of the people to inquire of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are by no means least among the rulers of Judea. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi, or wise men, secretly, and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. We all know that wasn't his real intent. But after uh, they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Harold, they and not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Okay, so yeah, that's the back. That's the basic um, backdrop of um, of these wise men. So it, it just basically says they came from the east. It doesn't say where from the east. A lot of scholars believe it was Persia, but they don't really know who these guys were. Were they Jews living in Persia? Some scholars believe they followed Zoroastrianism, um, which is a religion out of India. Uh, but you know they they really don't know a lot about these guys. They don't even know that they don't even know if there was three of them or not. That's just something they added. It just says the wise men. Um, but yeah, there there could have been five of them. There could have been two of them. I don't know. It doesn't say uh, more than one though. There was more than one. <laughs> we know that much. So the Bible doesn't say where these guys came from or even how many there were. Um, But what we do know is that they were educated, they were influential and wealthy. We know that they were wealthy because they had these uh, um, extravagant gifts that they were bringing. Um, They were educated, and uh, we know they were influential because they got the ear of the king, right? They got to go before the king and have a conversation with the king, and the king called them into a private meeting. They were influential. They were believable guys. And um, we know we don't know if they were Jewish or not, but we don't we do know that they knew something about the Jewish people because they knew that um, this guy, this this child that was born, what would be the king of the Jews? Okay, he would be the king of the Jews. But I I don't really think that they were um, necessarily Jewish scholars because they didn't know what the prophecies said about where specifically this child would be born like what city this child would be born so when he got when he went there um harold freaked out he got harold herod freaked out he got scared so he called all the scribes and they said oh yeah the, the according to this prophecy uh they said christ the christ is going to be born in bethlehem so then the wise men knew okay bethlehem so i don't necessarily think that they were well versed in what the jewish prophecies said about the birth of christ So let's start with the first kind of awkward taboo question. Were the wise men astrologers? 
Okay, we're the wise men astrologers. Let me, I looked up the definition of astrologer because it, it is kind of confusing. Like study of the stars versus worship of the stars, somewhere between there. Like if you obey the stars and you try to guess what they're trying to tell you to do. And, and to me, that's, you know, that's servitude. So you're a servant to the stars and what they're telling you to do. But astrologer actually means a person who uses astrology to tell others about their character or to predict their future. So these wise men didn't do that. They didn't go around telling, you know, um, Herod what his sign was and, you know, what he was supposed to do that day. And he, he they didn't do that any of that at all. They didn't even do that to Jesus. What they did do was... Um, follow a star that told them when this Messiah was going to be born or where this Messiah would be born. So no, I don't necessarily think that they were um, astrologers, but they may have used astrology, if that makes any sense. Uh, Stick with me here, okay? Astrology, the definition of astrology is the study of the movement and relative positions of celestial bodies interpreted as having an influence on human affairs and the natural world. So that I do think that they believed. They they believed that something in the stars had some sort of an influence or connection to what occurred in the natural world. So is this is, is astrology a thing? Like, is it real? Uh <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, guys. And I know I'm going to probably get um, some some heat from, like, my grandma and, like, some other people who do not, um, you know, they... I just, I have an open mind as long as it doesn't go against what the Bible says. Um, but uh, Genesis 1.14 says, And God said, Let there be lights in the vaults of the sky to separate the day from the night, and let them serve as signs to mark sacred times and days and years. So, to me, that's to mark sacred times, like the birth of Jesus. That's obviously a sacred time. Um, is that Does that count as like a, a future event for these wise men? Um I mean, it it sounds like it does, and it sounds like their study of the stars somehow gave them knowledge about the coming of Christ. Psalm um, 19, 1 through 20 says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the works of His hand. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. They reveal knowledge. I don't know if that means they reveal knowledge like, yeah, you look at the sky, obviously there's a God because it's so beautiful and magnificent and perfectly designed. I don't know if that's what it means or if it means by they reveal knowledge, there's some sort of knowledge to be revealed there. Um, other than the existence of God. I don't know. Uh, there's a lot of I don't knows here. Psalm 147.4 says, He determined the number of the stars and calls them each by name. I thought that was really cool. He he knows how many stars there are, which means um, all the stars must have a very specific purpose. Um, and he calls them each by name, each star by name. That's pretty interesting to me too. Um, so the second question, is astrology real? Um So, is it real in the sense of maybe there's some mysteries, some mysteries um, um, laid out for us in the stars, giving us some sort of truth in the stars? I don't know, maybe. Are the stars telling you when you should go to the mall or not? No. Are are the stars telling you which career you should take? 
uh, know? Are the the stars telling you what kind of relationship you should be in? And you know who what the person that you're in a relationship with when their birthday should be? Yeah, I don't I don't think the stars are telling you any of that. Um, there's always going to be someone or something claiming to be able to show you your future. Sometimes, okay. Sometimes, most of the time, it's it's BS, okay? Sometimes it's demonic even. Um, and sometimes it's just random. For instance, like a fortune cookie, okay? Some people, they get a fortune cookie um, and it says, you know, you're, you're, you're going to be uh, set up for wealth in the future. And then that person, you know, finds $5 on the floor. But yeah, some things are just, uh, you know, luck luck or happenstance or, um, you know, a lot of people say, I don't believe in coincidences, but um, it would be a coincidence to not have any coincidences either. So, you know, you there are coincidences that don't mean anything. And you have to keep that in mind, especially if you're a teenager, like trying to figure out who you're going to marry and what you're going to do with your life. Like you can't, you can't um, decide who you're going to marry based on what song came on the radio at that particular moment. Okay. It's a coincidence. <laughs> or it's even a setup. Like you can be set up to think something's your destiny or someone is your destiny when that person or that thing is the most destructive thing that you could ever have in your life at that moment. That's why it's so important to be in tune with the Holy Spirit, to be in tune with what God's Word is saying to you, because there's always someone and there's always something that's trying to control you, that's trying to tell you what your future is so that you believe that future and you walk that future out. You know, sometimes someone can tell you your future, then you believe it, and then you walk it out. But if you didn't believe it, or if you didn't hear it to begin with, you would have never walked it out. You would have never, that would have never came to pass in your life. Why? Because your faith and what you believe or don't believe, that is a huge determining factor for what prophecies or what fortunes come to pass in your life. Acts 16 tells us of a slave girl who was demon-possessed, and she could predict the future. The Bible says she could predict the future, not that she just made stuff up and tricked people, but this demon inside of her had that ability to tell people what was going to happen in their life. And these people believed it. And then that thing was activated in their life and it happened in their life. She even recognized the disciples as belonging to the Most High God. She followed them around declaring that these guys were servants of the Most High God. So demons can predict future if you believe that demon, if you believe in that future that they're telling you about, that will happen in your life. And if some demonic force is telling you about some good things that will happen in your life and you're choosing to believe that and you're choosing to walk that out, guess what? The enemy never gives you a good thing. The enemy never gives you a good thing. Yeah, maybe you find um, supposedly the love of your life, in quotation marks, your soulmate. You know, maybe you find that person and that person ends up cheating on you a bunch of times or hurting you or being abusive or, you know, just there's a lot of different things. So the Bible says that God gives you a blessing and doesn't add any curses to it. The enemy does not do the same thing. The enemy might give you something that looks like a blessing, but really it's a curse. So you have to be careful 
for what you're wishing for and for what you're believing in. 1 Samuel 28 tells us about how King Saul, after he had already been separated from God, he turned away from God, he chose rebellion over obedience, and he got really afraid. He was asking God for advice and he wasn't hearing anything. He wasn't hearing anything because he wasn't repentant. So he got so freaked out that he went to a witch and he asked her to resurrect the spirit of Samuel so that he could ask Samuel, who was a prophet of God, for advice. Samuel had already died, obviously, and he asked this witch to consult a dead spirit. And the Bible says that she did, that she talked to Samuel, or that she resurrected Samuel or whatever, not his actual body, but a spirit. And that spirit and Saul actually had a conversation. How weird is that? You know, I always grew up being told that um, this divination stuff or the palm reading or the fortune teller or the, uh, you know, places that you go where they talk to dead spirits or whatever, that those things were all just make-believe or that they were demons, that they were actually talking to demons. And I do believe that a lot of times they were actually talking to demons. But according to this story here, sometimes they could communicate with dead spirits or I don't know, like that's that's what that story sounds like to me. Um, Um, In either case, it's evil, and Saul dies almost immediately afterwards, okay? He dies because Samuel tells him, hey, you're going to die, and Samuel believes that word, and then he dies. Um, He was in rebellion, obviously. God is very clear in the Bible about not seeking advice from people who say they can speak with dead spirits. So let's let's talk about this. That that brings us to our third question. Is astrology bad? Isaiah 47, 13 through 14 says, All the counsel you have received has only worn you out. Let your astrologers come forward, those stargazers who mark predictions month by month. Let them save you from what is coming upon you. Surely they are like stubble. The fire will burn them up. They cannot even save themselves from the power of the flame. These are not coals of warmth. This is not a fire to sit by. Okay, so that's pretty clear. You can count on these stargazers, astrology, you know, your horoscope, uh, your fortune teller, all of those. You can count on those if you want. Maybe sometimes they're right. Maybe sometimes they're wrong. But if you're leaning on them for guidance in your life, then you're not leaning on God for guidance in your life because you can't follow two masters. You can't listen to them and listen to God at the same time. Deuteronomy 4.19 says, And when you look up to the sky and see the sun and moon and stars, all the heavenly array, do not be enticed into bowing down to them and worshiping things the Lord your God has apportioned to all the nations under heaven. Psalm 119.105 says, Your word is a lamp for my feet a light on my path. James 1, 5 through 8 says, If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world and they are unstable in everything they do. So if you're seeking mediums, if you're seeking uh, your horoscope and you're also asking God, please show me what to do, then don't expect him to answer you 
because your judgment is corrupted and you're listening to two different masters. So, you know, this this whole podcast episode isn't wasn't really intended to necessarily be about astronomy or astrology or any of that um, or, you know, horoscopes or whatnot. Um, I really wanted to talk about the wise men because they just intrigue me. They're so mysterious and there's so much that we don't know about them. But some things that we do know is that these wise men knew something. They knew something that I can't even begin to know, and I don't even know, um, like I said, I don't know if they were Jewish wise men living in Persia, or if they were pagans, or or what, um, but they traveled hundreds of miles bearing gifts for the king of all kings, and were filled with overwhelming joy when they saw Jesus the Messiah. They gave him gold to represent his kingship. They gave him frankincense to represent his holiness. They used to anoint the temple of God with frankincense. And the Bible talks about our bodies as being the temple of God. Jesus talks about his body being destroyed as a temple and rebuilt in three days. And they thought he was talking about an actual temple, but he was referring to his body, his death on the cross, and the resurrection. Um, And they used to anoint dead bodies with mercy. Um, So the myrrh represented the death that would take place that would save the world. Okay, so maybe you're far away from God, just like these wise men were far away from God, but they, they felt him beckoning. They felt him beckoning to them to search for him. And they went on this journey searching for God, searching and stopping at nothing to find him. Maybe you didn't grow up in church or even around the Bible. Maybe you don't know anything about Jesus, but you feel something inside of your heart at the sound of his name. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, Seek me and you will find me. James 1, 5 says, Ask for wisdom and you won't be condemned. If you ask God, he's all ears. He wants you to ask those questions that people in church never want you to ask. God wants you to ask for wisdom. Okay, he's not going to condemn you. He wants you to seek him. And when you seek Jesus, you will find him. So I just challenge you right now, if you if you don't know Jesus, to pray to him. Pray to him right now. Um, Ask him to to help you to come to that wisdom where you can experience him and encounter him just like the wise men encountered him. Ask him to change you. Ask him to forgive you. He will hear you. If you if you know him, if you uh, are church, do you know him? You're a Christian. Um, I just want to challenge you guys to reach out to those people in your lives who who you know are seeking. You know, sometimes people know, oh, they're into astrology or they're in this religion or that religion, and it kind of freaks you out. And you don't even talk to them about Jesus because a, you don't want them to get mad, and b, you don't want it to be super weird and awkward. But guess what? They're seeking after God. They're seeking, they're seeking after God and maybe they're deceived. Maybe they're being tricked into following this false God. But God has a heart for them and he has love for them. And he has put you in their life for a reason. So during this Christmas season, don't start arguments at the, ta- you know, at the dinner table or whatever it is at your Christmas family gatherings. Don't talk about politics and get into these huge arguments and debates. Show the love of God. Talk about the love of Jesus. Talk about the reason for the season and don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of the response. Just do it in love. Don't be afraid. With that, I hope you guys all have a Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year. Thank you guys for listening and 
I'll talk to you guys next year.